0: Talk show recorded live. Well, we'd like to welcome you to a Rednecks Pride outdoors uh, talk show. Tonight we're uh, we're having some difficulties. I don't know if we're going to be able to make this show go or not. We're going to try to. We're going to see if we can uh, get the thing going. Tonight's show is being brought to you by Rednecks Pride. Game calls and outdoor sense. It's um, also being brought to you by Bob's Little Sports Shop in uh, Glassboro, New Jersey. We're happy to announce that they are uh, dealers in our, in our baits and lures for our deer sense. And uh, as you can see, I'm a little rough tonight because uh, we had some problems getting into this show, and, and it looks like it's going to go. It's going to be a short one, though. We've only got one guest listening, which makes it easy. I can uh, just talk through, and we can we can do what we got to do and it won't bore you to death, hopefully. But tonight's show, we're going to talk about mock scrapes. Uh, we're going to go into a little detail on how mock scrapes work, and why they work, and when they work, and, and that type of uh, situation. But I guess before we even get into uh, the mock scrapes, it's probably smart to take a look at the real scrape and see what the real scrapes are, and then uh, that way we can... Uh, Go back and forth between the mock scrape and the real scrape. I apologize for my little bit of of, uh, unnervingness tonight. It's just, like I said, we had some problems getting into this now and we're getting going. But I assure you, once we get going, I'll I'll be okay, I hope. Um, Real scrapes. What types of scrapes are there? You know, I guess when we talk about the the normal person or hunter, when I ask what types of scrapes are there, the average person is going to say to, to me, all right, what's the scrape for breeding? And in, and that's correct. There is a scrape for breeding, but but there's also other scrapes for other issues. For example, one of the scrapes that we will hear very little about, a lot of people don't even know about them, is what I call the social scrape. That's a that's a scrape that's going to be in the summertime. It's going to be all year long actually. But in the summertime you'll you're you're walking down that that pasture line or you're or you're walking down that, that road next to the woods or you walk underneath that apple tree that's out in the middle of that uh that hay field and you look down and there's that little eight to twelve inch pulled up area and some deer droppings around and you can see where the deer tracks are in that uh that little scraped up area. And and most people say, what in the world is that thing there? Well, that's what I call the social scrape. That that scrape right there is, I personally believe, is just a a meeting point. If you look at where they're located, they're usually located at where uh, a lot of deer are forced to come into a field, where the deer can loaf or or, or just hang out a little bit. A lot of times they're going to be where a, a single tree, the limbs, come out into that open field, hay field, pasture, whatever, ten, fifteen feet, and they're low lying, you know, five, six, seven feet off the ground. And it and it just creates a, a point, if you will, of branches. And you'll see that, that little scrape there and that, that that little spot. Now there's not going to be a lot of those scrapes around. Matter of fact, you've got to look hard and and, and long to find these scrapes. And again, I think these scrapes are just mainly a hangout place. I'm not uh, quite for certain if the if the deer will urinate on them or not. Uh, I just know that the the deer will paw on them. You'll see them, You'll see where they they break the little branches off on a lick on the licking branch. You'll see the the um, droppings around it, which is showing that the deer spends some time there. But what they're actually doing. Again, I'm, I, I I just personally believe that's going to be a social spot. They're they're going to come out. Deer know who's in the area. They know each other. Uh, I'm amazed at how many hunters, as we're talking to hunters at the shows, they do not realize that deer, even though they're wild, will know each other. That's in that area. You know, they 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 know each other's smells. They know who's there, who's not there, and and a lot of times what will happen is um these these social spots they'll come in and they'll just check out what's going on i believe that if a wild or if another deer or deer that's not um uh accustomed to that area happens to come into that spot and he and he or she goes over to that spot and puts their scent there uh maybe urinator or whatever that the other deer will pay more attention to that it's it's more of a curiosity in the summertime you'll see these scrapes in in june july and august i'm i am quite certain they're out there in may and april but unfortunately i'm not out there looking for these things in, in may and april I'm, I'm uh i'm turkey hunting most of the time but we will we'll occasionally see something like this uh, when we are turkey hunting the next type of scrape that i think is is prevalent is the 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 scrapes that's that starts to happen about the end of August they're happening into into September and this is where those young bucks are just starting to get whatever it is they get you know they're they're getting spunky or or, or the weather's cooling off a little bit and and they'll go out and they'll they'll start to uh, feel their oats if you will and they'll start to mark their territory, just, I guess, similar to what your uh, uh, your dogs would do. You know, your, your hunting dog, you, you let your hunting dog out of the uh, car or the truck. The first thing they do is that male, he's got to mark every dog on a little bush that he comes up to. And and that, that essentially is some of these other little scrapes that you're going to see in, in, in September. Again, it's more social than anything else. I, I believe the little buck is is going out there and he's and he's and he's setting up his uh, his his quote unquote territorial regime or, or line, which is going to be short lived, obviously. But but he's still going to try and he's gonna he's going to just put these these scrapes in. They're more social than anything else. You'll get some does. You'll get some bigger bucks just coming in and smell them. Uh, I have seen where you know four or five. Uh, Uh, Bucks will come into these things along with some does, and they'll just hang out there just for a little bit. But, again, that scraping is meaning nothing in in all reality. As you get into October, you know, as you're starting to get into that that first part of October, that's when these bucks are going to start to really get the urges to to claim their, their territory, okay? Also, here's another little tidbit that a lot of people do not understand. You know, as I've talked to the many, uh, not many, but quite a few deer ranchers that I've dealt with, every one of them has told me the same thing, that by the second week of October, these big old does, the the, the, the old mature maiden does, they're going to start to come into season. Now, they're not in season, all right, but they're starting to. They're 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 starting to smell a little bit. They're starting to get that that hormonal change. They're starting to feel the, the 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 changes, and 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 they know what those changes are because they're the old does. They've been through this, and 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 they understand what's going on. As they start to go into that little maternal, I personally believe there's that odor starting to hit the ground and it's starting to to spread around a little bit. Again. Not a bunch of does is going to do to come into heat. It's just mainly going to be those older, seasoned does that's going to come into this somewhat early phase, if you will. Um, as that smell is getting around, these younger bucks and these little bucks and these probably, you know, two-, three-year-olders, they're starting to get the urges themselves. And they're going to start going in, and they're going to start to, to work their their lines, okay? They're going to start looking for the areas in which they want to claim as their own, and then they're going to um, start to tend these these um, uh, spots uh, with some degree of of there, okay? But they're not going to be hard-headed yet. They're not going to be full of, of, of vinegar, if you will. They're going to just be at these spots, and they're going to start to tend them. They're going to start to make their scrape line. As we get into mid-October, towards the end of October, this is where all the bucks are really starting to feel the roots. They're, they're no, they know what's going on, and even your big bucks at this point is going to start to lay out his line. Okay, Now, he's going to be doing all this predominantly at night. He's going to uh, start setting up, that His line, now we're talking about those, those dominant bucks or those pretty dominant bucks. You know, the bigger bucks has been around. They're, they're going to try to make the breeding rights. And they're going to make these scrapes on their line. Now, what they're going to do, though, is it's not going to be haphazard. It's going to be a scenario to where the buck is going to go to the doe. <clears throat> and that's very important to understand that. Because the average hunter, when we're talking about a scrape line... When I ask, well, where would you put your scrape line, or where would you put a mock scrape, or where would you, you know, where would you find a scrape? Most hunters really have never given that much thought. They'll, what they'll do is they'll pick a tree that they like, and there may be a deer run or, or a couple deer runs there, and they'll they'll go to that spot, and they'll they'll want to put their mock scrape in there. But what the buck does as he's really getting starting to get serious about these these does <clears throat> what he's going to do is he's going to go to the areas where the does frequent the most okay he's going to start hitting those spots where he knows the dough are always going to be. that's why you going to you're going you're gonna to see maybe you'll see a scrape underneath an apple tree or a persimmon tree maybe you'll see the the scrape along a, a honeysuckle um, uh, hedgerow, maybe you'll see the scrapes in an old wood road that leads from a uh, from one patch of woods to another wood- patch of woods, but he's going to start he's going to start laying his scrape line <coughs> excuse me he's going to start laying his scrape line out to attract the dose now here's Here's the part that probably most of us never think about. We know that the scrape is there, and if I was to ask somebody, what is the purpose of the scrape? Most hunters are going to say to bring the buck. And, and and that's the answer I usually get. I'll say, why why does the buck make a scrape? Well, to tell the bucks he's there and, and this is his territory. The reason the buck makes a scrape, and he makes so many, is because he's trying to attract the does to his scrape. You see, as, the, as, the, as he comes in and he, and he makes, say he makes 10 scrapes along a uh, uh, 500 or 800-acre or 800-yard or, or uh, piece, okay? As he's making these scrapes every 75, 80, 100 yards, whatever his, his personality is telling him to do, he comes in, he urinates in it, he lets that urine run across his, tar, his uh, tarsals, and he's putting his scent into that ground. And what he's saying to that doe is, I am here. It's a calling card. And then he'll go to the next one, and he'll do the same thing. And in, in this early part of October, when he's starting to lay his scrapes out, he's going to each and every one of these scrapes, and he's laying his scent, and he's stay, leaving his card saying, I'm here. As these does start to come into heat, as they start to get these hormonal changes, okay, the does at that point will now go to these scrapes and they'll smell the scrape. And when they smell that tarsal and they smell those, those other secretions that that buck is leaving there, okay, they will in fact stand there. They'll also start to urinate on it. They'll let that urine uh, across their tarsals. They're going to leave their, their, their indigital uh, from, the, from their feet. They're going to rub the, the branches also with their head, the preorbital, the whole thing. And and they're going to uh, leave that smell there. When that buck is now che- checking his his scrapes, he'll go to those scrapes, and as he finds these scrapes where the does are actually on, all right, and they're and they're and they're they're paying attention to it now. Okay, they're standing there. He will now start to frequent that scrape more and more and more. So as she's coming more and more and more or multiple doe and and starting to come into season is coming more and more and more, that buck will now start to change from nocturnal to more daylight, or whenever he happens to think that those does are going to be there. Okay? Now, as he's doing his long line, he will start now to abandon the scrapes in which doe are not coming to, and he'll start putting his focus into into the scrapes to where the does are coming to what's also going to happen is at first anyway the younger bucks they're going to come in and they're going to start maybe spend a little bit of time on that scraper or what have you and then he's going to come and start running them out as the does come into season high harder and harder and harder by by now october the end of october and the beginning of november and the rut is flying he's probably only checking half of his scrapes because the other half doesn't have any does on them, and he's hitting them during the daylight hours or whenever he's thinking the doe is there. Now, what does all that have to do with with the, the um, mock scrapes? It's simple. What we're trying to do with mock scrapes is we're trying to go to places to where we know the does are going to be frequenting. We want the does there. We want to have the does in these, in these areas in which they're going to go and they know they're going to be bred. What I'll do is we'll take these mock scrapes and I'm going to set the mock scrape up, but I'm not setting the mock scrape up to attract the bucks. I'm setting the mock scrape up to attract the does. And here's the key to it. Remember I said in the beginning of the show that deer know who's there and who's not there? They know each other and all this stuff. When we go in with this mock scrape material. Now, my mock scrape four is uh, probably different than a lot of other uh, mock scrapes in that the majority of my odor is going to be young bucks and a lot of dough and heat. Now, why I got dough and heat in there is because, number one, I want to attract the young bucks. Why do I have the young buck odor in there? because I don't want the young buck scooped scoop off, all right? So here's what my intentions are doing. I'm going to take these, these mock scrapes, okay, I'm going to go to these areas where these does are frequenting, and in beginning of September or whatever, I'm going to start these scrapes. Sometimes in the middle of August, a lot of times in the middle of August, we're going to start these scrapes. And we're going to keep those scrapes fresh until the doe start to use them. Now, when these does start to urinate on these things, and they start to spend a lot of time, whether they're in season or not, the more doe smell I have there, the more real deer smell I have there. Okay, the more the chances are of getting these little basket fours and these and these little basket sixes and these little you know these little dinks, the little the little bucks that don't mean nothing, they they, they don't have a shot in the world of breeding this year. But you know what? Here's, here's for old glory. We're going to try. All right? And what they're going to do is they're going to start coming into these scrapes. And they're going to start using these scrapes just like it was the big boys, just like he would. And they're going to start urinating on them, and they're going to start spending time on them. And the more I have the does on this scrape and the more I have these young bucks on that scrape, at some point in time, it's going to tick off the big boy. All right, especially as these does are, are starting to come into season, the smell is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So the the intent of the mock scrape, in my mind, in my opinion, is not to attract the bucks, but in fact attract the does. I know a good friend of mine, Joe Pio, has uh, had some scrapes out. He's taken a lot of pictures, and uh, he's, he's sent me a lot of pictures of, of a lot of doe on these scrapes in middle of September, the end of September, but more so right now. The does are really on, that, on those scrapes. And when you get the doe on those scrapes this time of year, okay, you're going to bring in these little bucks. Now, why are you going to bring in the little bucks? Like I said a few minutes ago, all right, it's a foreign smell. They don't interpret that buck smell as a dominant buck. They're not, they're not looking at that buck as somebody's going to kick my tail. They're looking at that buck as there's somebody strange in my area. He's trying to take over, and the more those little guys are on that thing, the more the big boy is going to start to get aggravated. And typically, what will happen is he'll he'll hit it at night. He'll start checking the the the, the scrapes at night. But as the does come into hot and the heat more and more and more. And the more little bucks and the more other bucks that come onto that spot, he's going to start coming in at the daylight hours or in the shooting times. And that's what it's all about. So, you know, in, in a nutshell, that's that's what I'm trying to do with, with the mock scrapes, okay? I'm not trying to attract the big boys. I'm trying to attract the does, which, in fact, is going to attract the little guys. And the little guys is going to infuriate the big boy. And if he, if he's going to be there, he's going to come on in. Now... You may not have a big guy. You know, I've got a, I've got a spot that we started a mock scrape in, in uh, the middle of August, uh, right beside a, um, a deer stuff two uh, feed spot or, or dry attractant. And the does was coming in on the mock scrape, spent a little time there. The little the little bucks was coming in on the mock scrape, spent a little time there eating the deer stuff, the dry attractant, and, and then walking off. I started to get a, pictures of some bigger boys about two weeks ago. And the one the one deer that I'm looking at, he's got a really good-sized body to him, but he's not what you would classify as a monster buck. He's probably about a 95, maybe 100 if you're really scratching it. I couldn't tell if he was a five-pointer or if he was a six-pointer. He was somewhat uh, webbed out at the top, um, really high rack, but you know nothing that you're going to write home about. But the body, even on the camera, the body really appeared to be big. Um, I told my son I wasn't going to have a chance to hunt that before the regular bow season ended, and to go in there and try to try to take out that that buck because he's obviously something we don't want in there. He went in to the stand and he he texted me afterwards and he said it was a five pointer. The rack again was probably a ninety ninety five maybe a hundred if that if he was lucky, but the um, body was really, really big, which is telling you he's an old, old deer, okay? He was probably, you know, he, from the pictures, you could see he had a, a big head on him, a, a thick neck on him. He looked pretty, he looked like a, a good four- or five-year-old deer. Um, he's coming in. My point is, you know, we set up these scrapes, we've set up these areas, and everybody's envisioning the 150s, and everybody's envisioning the 160s and 170s. When, in fact, here in New Jersey the average buck is probably 110, uh, 100 to 110, 115 is a good one, 120 is really respectable, 130 is you're really getting a nice deer, and those 140s to 150s are exceptionals. Um, You know, your 160s are few and far between. So we all want the 160s, but they are few and far between, so we're, we're, we're hunting a, a, a good quality deer, but we're not hunting those those Ohio's and those those other deer that's out in the Midwest where they've got some really, really big racks on them. The point is you might have a dominant deer that is not this massively big rack. It might be a deer that, that is a, 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 a basket six-pointer. His rack is terrible, but his heart is big, and he's the dominant big deer in that situation. So when we're going into these mock scrapes, we want to we set the scrapes up we're wanting to draw the big the biggest deer we got in there we want to draw the, the dominant deer in there but we really don't know what what size he's going to be now when we're talking about mock scrapes um, we got to start looking now at, at what we' what's actually going to happen when we make a mock scrape. When we go into this these areas and I'm, and I'm setting up and I'm trying to get the doe, the deer coming in on them one of two things is going to happen when the buck starts to take over, all right? If it's a subdominant buck, in other words, if he's not a real, what we would call mature dominant buck, nine times out of ten, okay, he will not take over the scrape. Um, what? But in fact, what they will do is they will make a scrape 10, 15, 20 yards from that scrape usually upwind to that scrape that you that you put in so in fact what they're saying is i'm here get out of here but he quite doesn't have the guts to to make you leave all right he's not quite for certain who you are what you're doing he's never seen you he doesn't know what's happening so he's he's kind of like telling you back out okay but he's not going to fight you just yet for it okay the other thing that's going to happen is this: you go in and you make a mock scrape, and when you come back two days, three days later, your mock scrape is completely, totally destroyed. It's gone. There's nothing there. Okay, that's usually telling you you've got a you've got a dominant buck. He's 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 ready to go. He's ready to fight. I've had scrapes where I've gone in with maybe a um, have a sapling as a lick, licking branch. And a pine up, a, butted up against a pine tree, and I've come back, and the pine tree is just gone. The, uh, you know, eighteen-inch circle that I usually put in, just because that's that's what I tend to put in. It's nothing, means nothing more than that's what I do. Okay, um, is expanded out to a foot, to two foot or or sometimes bigger. Uh, the, the 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 licking branch is gone. If you if I have a licking branch. Everything is just completely destroyed, all right? And I love that when that happens, because when that happens, that means the buck has taken over, he's taken over that scrape, and he's claimed that as his. Now, um, I wish it was uh, guest five. You know, if you've got questions to uh, ask, please do that, because I'm, I'm trying to make it interesting for everybody, but I'm just talking to myself, so it's kind of rough. You understand what I'm saying here. But, you know, getting back to that dominant buck, if he's coming in and he's hitting that scrape and he enlarges that scrape, a lot of times you'll come back and you'll see that scrape dug out where it was flat when you when you made it. Boom! All of a sudden, it's now uh, three inches deep. Dirt is thrown everywhere. Branches have broke all over. That's your best scenario. But again, my nine times out of ten, when you come back, you're not going to have that happen. What you're actually going to have happen is another buck is going. That buck is going to make a scrape within a few, uh, few yards to, a, to, you know, 15, 20 yards, usually upwind of your, of your scrape, all right? Sometimes you'll come back and you'll find two scrapes. Typically when that happens, and with my scrape in the middle, with the mock scrape in the middle, typically what I'm finding there is you've got two subdominants that's, that's in the area. One set up his scrape on one side, the other one set his scrape on the other side, Okay. Um, so when, so when we're setting up these scrapes, I'm setting my scrapes up to be in places where the deer or the doe is going to be. Why? Because that's what I want on the scrape. I want the doe on the scrape. The more does I get on the scrape, the more young bucks I'm going to get on the scrape. The more young bucks I get on the scrape, the quicker that big guy comes in in shooting time. All right. Now, by the time you get to November 1st and, uh the rut is realistically flying, then you've got all kinds of chaos going on. What's going to happen at this point is who knows what's going to happen. You know, you've got, you've got the scrapes being worked. Sometimes we a mock scrape will be worked by five or six different bucks if you're on one of those transition spots. Um, again, when I'm talking about being worked, I'm not talking about them coming in on the scrape and taking over the scrape. What I'm talking about is them coming in and in that general vicinity, that that, that that little area right there, okay, they're going to make their mark. They're going to tell that buck who's there, I'm here. Okay, and they're trying to pull the does off. Now the key is with your with your mock scrapes, if you can get the if you can get the doe's using that mock scrape, then that's going to be the draw point. That's your that's your benefit right there. Now what gets the doe's working at? The doe gets working that because she smells a, a, a rutting buck. She's coming into hormones. She's coming into, the, into the, uh, the mindset. So, therefore, she's going to go and she's going to urinate on that thing. All right? And then she's going to spend her time there. And as soon as a buck moves in, what's she going to do? Well, she's going to move right on off. Nine times out of ten, the, the deer, especially if she's not ready to breed, She's going to go in there. She's going to play hard to get. She's going to tell the buck, I'm here, and then she's going to walk on off. That's a real scrape or a mock scrape. Okay, So so the bucks all know this, and what they'll do is that as they're coming in, they're going to what we call air test or scent test in the air. They're going to swing in on a downwind side of those scrapes, whether it's a real scrape or a mock scrape, and depending on on the maturity of your buck and, and, and how much uh, activity is going to be at that, that scrape will depend on how far off that scrape he's going to, he's going to uh, wind test that scrape. He'll come downwind. Most of the time, you're going to see anywhere from 10 to 30 yards, okay? Um, they're going to be downwind of that. They're going to stick in the thicket a lot of times. They're not going to be out in the open until that fireball. Right, like right now, they may be out in the opening. But typically, up until that hardcore rut is happening, they're going to stick to the thicket. They're going to come in. They're going to test the, the air. If they smell dough doe that's been on that thing, they're going to go into the scrape. They're going, to, they're going to refresh in their scrape, and then they're going to trail her like a hound dog out away from that, that, uh, that scrape. If they have eyes on her, if she's still standing there when, when they come in, they're going to stay off of her just a little bit. Okay? Now we're talking about the mature bucks. I'm not talking about those stupid little forks. That just chase anything that moves, whether she's in heat or not. but when when he's going to, he's going to come in on that downwind side anywhere from ten to 10, 20, 30 yards, he's going to scent the air. He picks her up, okay. As he comes in, he sees her. He's now probably going to stage just a little bit. He's going to stand there and watch her. He's going to see what she's going to try to do because more than likely she's going to go off. She's going to start walking away. And what you'll see is he will try to flank her. He'll, he'll try to cut her off, and he'll try to, to go around her, and he'll try to catch up to her. If you've ever noticed a big, mature buck on a doe, he's not chasing her all over creation most of the time. What he's doing is he, if she's walking, he's walking. If she lays down, he lays down. If she gets up, he gets up. He's just with her to continuously time until she finally gives in and says, okay, time to breed. Okay, unlike the little forks, unlike the little spikes, unlike the little, you know, six-pointers, they're just chasing everything. They they smell hormones in the air. They see a, a doe. They say, come here. She says, I'm not ready. Get away from me. He says, I don't care. And that's why you see a little buck come in the a hedgerow on one side, and all the does run out the hedgerow on the other side. All right, so when we're when we're dealing with that uh, scenario, be prepared. When you're setting your stand up on these scrapes, I'm leading up to this, you want to be with a bow. You want to be, if you want to hunt a scrape, okay, you want to be back off that scrape at least 20 yards if you can. I prefer 30, but I can't shoot 30 yards with my bow, I, I like to shoot fifteen or twenty, so if I was going to hunt a single scrape, mock scrape, I'm going to be off and I won't be directly downwind of that scrape. What I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to anticipate the direction in which that buck is coming from to scent check that scrape, and I'm going to be beyond that point, so I don't know if I'm making so we'll just say. I'm looking at the scrape, and the scrape is uh, 12 o'clock. So instead of me being straight downwind of the of the scrape by 20 yards, okay, what I'm actually going to be is if I know the buck is coming in, say, from my right, I'm going to be off to my left probably another 10, 15 yards. That way, when he comes in to, to check that scrape on the predominant wind, Okay, on the downwind, he's now standing broadside to me, or hopefully broadside to me, looking at that scrape, and I've got a shot at him, or hopefully we'll have a shot at him somewhere in that point. If he's comes in on the thirty yard mark, say so he's a dominant buck and and he doesn't and he comes in at thirty yards, I'm still not above him. I'm not upwind of him at this point. I'm still off on the flank. I hope I'm making myself clear. I'm still off on the flank to the left, so when he's, when he's checking that, he's going, to, he's going to be out of my, my scent cone. Even if he's beyond me, even if he's downwind of me, all right, he's still not in my scent cone. What I prefer to do when I, when I hunt a scrape, though, is I prefer to put two scrapes in, and I will try to put it in scrapes at least 40 to 50 yards apart. And what I will do is set my stand up between the two, okay, and then back off that 20 yards with a bow. That way, if I'm keeping my, if, if the does are on the mock scrape or I'm keeping that mock scrape fresh and he's scent testing it at, at a distance, he'll typically, if he gets a smell, he'll typically go into that scrape, okay? He may not go all the way to it, but he'll usually go into that scrape pretty doggone close to at least check things out. All right, then because he knows that other scrape is down down to my left, and I'm in the middle of it. Instead of going back out, what they'll typically do is they'll do what we call the half moon. All right, and they'll cut that distance, and then as he as he's approaching that other scrape that's down that's down to my left, he'll start to swing out to whatever position he feels comfortable to uh, scent test that or air test that. By that time, he's already passed me. So at this point, by me 20 yards, hopefully he's within 10, 15 yards of me to where I can get a broadside shot as he's passing me. His eyes and his concentration is on that next scrape down to my left. So he came in from my right. He, He cruised up into that mock scrape. Even if he didn't take over that mock scrape, he's going to check it out. He's going to say, what is happening on this scrape? At that point, he's going to do that little... Half moon, if you will, and hopefully he's going to be on the upwind side of me to where I can get the shot. Now, I love hunting scrapes in December. Uh, a lot of guys will say, what the heck are you talking about scrapes in December? I hunt scrapes in December because the rut is still going on. It's not, it's not the crazy rut like we're going to have tomorrow. I'm predicting here in New Jersey, I'm predicting tomorrow, Sunday, and Monday to be just nut, nut day. Um, we're probably going to see bucks running everywhere we're, we're looking at, it and everything, is, everything just seems to be lining up. We're, we'll see if it happens or not. It may not happen until next week, but who knows. But in December, what's actually happening is these bucks still know there's does there. They still know there's does that didn't get bred the first, the first 28. And 28 days later, they're going to come back into heat again. So by keeping these mock scrapes going, and the does are keeping these mock scrapes going, these bucks will come in. now what I will do up in PA is um, when I hunt Pennsylvania with the rifle season or when I hunt New Jersey with the shotgun with a slug, I'm going to back off of those scrapes a good 50 yards. I'm back way off of them things. Again, I'm going to, I prefer to do the two-scrape system. I'm going to put a scrape upwind of me and out 40, 50 yards to my right, and then I'm going to put another scrape upwind of me and out 40, 50 yards to my left, Okay. And then what I what I would typically do at that point is run a, run uh, a drag line between the two scrapes. I, I I love to have those the deer go up to a scrape, smell something, and trail it from one scrape to the other. We have very good luck doing that in 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 rifle or in shotgun season. The the um, I can get back off of that scrape. I don't have to worry about my wind if he's a good buck and he's and he's a little cautious of the scrapes and he wants to um stay back twenty five thirty yards to, to air you know to send test his, uh, his scrapes. I'm still downwind of him and he's and chances are he's not going to know i'm there so it's it's a it's a beautiful beautiful um, setup that we we do on that particular situation um and it works really good because we're shooting a rifle or we're shooting a slug to where we can my my you know my thirty thirty or my thirty all six we can you know two hundred yards is nothing. My black powder gun or my uh, or my shotgun, fifty two to seventy yards, again with a slug is is nothing. So um, we're 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 in good shape both ways on that. I'm uh, running up on here on forty five minutes, and because we don't have any anybody listening to the shows, I'm running out of information, and I'm and I'm apologizing for that. Um, my mind is going a hundred mile an hour, and I'm trying to figure out what to say and what not to say and and, and what have you. Um, when you're doing a scrape, okay, some of the things that, that a lot of guys will be absolute with, they have to have a licking branch, they have to have uh, uh, all these, these little things that, that they have to have. When guys ask me about a scrape, they'll ask me, do you have a licking branch? I said, sometimes, and sometimes I won't, okay? Matter of fact, probably 75% of my scrapes, I do not have a licking branch, 75% of my scrapes is I've got a spot. I just go, I dig the soil up, I dig, I, and I dig it up with my boots. I don't, I don't take a rake and all that. You can. There's nothing wrong with doing that. I, I just don't do that, okay? I go in, I take my boots, and I scrape up the ground, and then I will take whatever scent I'm using. You know, there's a lot of good scents out there for mock scrapes. Now, you don't have to have a mock scrape scent to make it work. I've, I've uh, you know, I, I've used my old-timer i've used my t c plus i've used my mock four i've used a t um tink sixty nine i have used davy brackens i have used um uh, the old indian uh, deer lore i have used you, straight dough and heat and i've even used dough this time of year let's face it when the rut's coming in um them them bucks they're, they're just nuts. They'll come in on straight dough, no heat involved, just dough, urine in the ground, they're going to come into it. All right? They're, they're, um, the rut is not a time for everybody to be bragging about their scent because just about every scent will bring a buck in. So, but when, when that fresh, soft, uh, fresh uh, soil dug up and then that, that urine is down in that ground, that uh, tractor right there is just, it's just—it's—it's enough to bring the dough in. The doughs are going to spend a lot of time there. The droppings, the urine, the the indigital, uh, they're going to rub against trees and what have you. You're going to have all them them smells there, okay? The next thing I do in a lot of scrapes when guys ask me is I will take about a quarter of an ounce of whatever scent you're going to use, all right? And I'll put that in the ground. If there's a licking branch there, I will dribble a little bit off the licking branch. But more times than not, I will actually urinate in that scrape myself, okay? At, I have had many scrapes started just by me in the rut, like right now, digging up the soil of my foot, urinating in the, in the, in the soil, and have had deer either make scrapes within you know, 10, 15 feet, 20 yards of it, or the dominant bucks take over the, the, the total scrape. So where you know when you're when you're looking at that it's a loose soil, the urine. I know a lot of guys get um, uh, going off in directions and all kinds of stuff. Urine, you know, uh, uh, coyote urine, fox urine, and all that urine, urine in the ground. Everything's attracted to soft dirt. Everything's attracted to urine in the ground. It's not a negative in, in, in that fact there. Um, when it comes to human urine, especially in New Jersey, tomorrow is opening day of small game pheasant season and all that. There's hundreds and hundreds upon hundreds of hunters out every Saturday. And you all know what we got to do when we go to bathroom. We just go into the bathroom in the woods, All right, Deer are not spooked on urine. Deer are spooked on urine maybe when they're peeing on their head, have a tree stand, but they're not going to be spooked on urine. I have a, Uh, A buddy that i hunt in PA with for years, we talked about, you know, just peeing out of the stand. And he um, always argued with us about it. And a couple years ago, he had to go bad. He didn't feel like climbing out of the tree, and he just went out the side. And he said, you know, Jonesy, probably within 10 minutes, I had a little basket six coming up. And And he thought, oh, here we go. It's going to spook. It's going to take off. And that stupid deer come right up to his urine. Spot smelled it for five, ten minutes. Didn't spook. Didn't run away. Didn't get scared. Walked on off. Okay. Now I'm not. I'm not telling everybody to take a gallon of your urine and pour it outside. You know, off your stand. If you want to, go ahead. But um, that's not what I'm telling you to do. I'm just saying, don't. Urine is urine once it's into into the ground. Okay. And to me, it has worked um, positively because I can get more more urine into the ground by me urinating into it, okay? If you're a woman hunter, you're probably going to have a little harder time to urinate in a, in a scrape than, than, uh, than we men, but knock your socks off, okay? Um, another form of mock scrape that most guys do not equate to being a mock scrape, but it is, and that is drippers. Drippers are... Um, the only difference between a dripper and, and a mock scrape is a dripper is continuously leaving scent there where a mock scrape isn't. In other words, when you go into a mock scrape and you, you know, refreshing it every five, six days or three days or whatever, whatever amount of time that you're refreshing it, that's when the smell is there. With your drippers, you've got, depending on the on the style of dripper and, and what it's doing, those drippers will... Uh, like most of them, well, every ten degrees change of uh, temperature going up or down, you'll have a few drops come out. What typically happens is that scent is now hitting the ground. Okay, it's saturating into the ground. It's now, in fact, making a mock scrape, right? What I try to tell guys, if they're using the, the drippers, and and I used to be against drippers. I didn't like drippers for a while because I didn't like the scent to be there, meaning if I was using an attractant that wasn't for, quote, unquote, a scrape, okay, uh, I would never, ever leave a hanger out there. In other words, these pads or these, these um, uh, felt, you know, scent um, wicks, I would never, ever leave them out. If I came in, I put them up and when I left, I would take them out. The difference with a dripper is because it's always giving off that that steady supply of of, uh, scent hitting the ground, what I try to tell guys to do is this. Go in, loosen up your soil, get that good, that soil good and loose underneath there, you know, an inch, two inches deep, and then letting that um, uh, scent drip down onto that loose soil. You get it better, you get a, a, a more natural uh, application, if, if you will. Also, what will happen is that dripper now becomes your licking branch, to, to, to an extent. Every one of us has seen the deer lick our scents. Why a deer wants to lick urine or whatever, uh, they're actually licking the other ingredients that's inside the, um, the, uh, the scent but they'll 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 come up and they'll lick those those uh those wicks or they'll lick those those scents so when you've got that that uh dripper hanging there drip drip and then it stops for a little bit drip drip I've got pictures of of deer coming up to the uh the dripper and then just just the tongue you can see the tongue is just lip, licking the bottom of it um so it, it, that becomes your. your yeah, that can become your licking branch. Um, it can also get your deer coming in quicker. I mean, if, if there's a good supply of, of, of uh, scent there, the, the deer are going to use it more. What well, I would used to do typically would I would start a mock scrape and in about two days or three days go in to check it. I wanted to see the. I wanted to see the ground dug up a little bit more. I wanted to see deer tracks in the middle of the scrape. I wanted to see the, the soil looking wet in, in the middle of it. And when I would see that happening, I would anticipate, without before the cameras, we would anticipate when our buck was coming in or when the, the, the targeted deer was coming in. And what I, if, if it was too late if, I, if or if I was in the tree stand and I could hear them coming in, you know, five minutes before shooting time, which means they're going to be there 20 minutes after shooting time, what I would start to do was go in the morning to refresh it. And as, as the projected time or the day that I wanted to hunt that deer, we would go in more and more and more every two or three days to every day at the same time. So if I wanted that deer in daylight time to shoot, and he's coming in just a dark day in the afternoon, a lot of times I would go there between 10 and 12 in the afternoon or in the morning. By 10 and 12 in the morning... By refreshing that thing, the younger bucks would come in because they smelled the fresh, they would get there and it would just drive the buck crazy. Um, we've had a lot of guys kill those on, on or kill bucks this year on the mock, on the mock scrapes, doing just that technique, going in, setting up in the morning every day, starting it off once every three to five days, and then as, as the you know two, three weeks comes into it, the, the buck is coming in just at dark. Maybe they need to get him in there just a little bit earlier. Then they would actually start to go in every day. All right, now, I know a lot of you guys are going to say, what the heck are you talking about going in every day? I don't even go into my woods unless I'm hunting it. Now, here's the a, here's a key to that, okay? It's called conditioning. What I will do a lot of times is when I want the deer to be conditioned to me, I will do what we call a pass-through. I would typically just go in, and maybe I'll take my deer attractant, my dry attractant in. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll go refreshing things. But as I'm walking through, I'm not making a lot of noise. I'm not, I'm not being crazy loud, but I'm not trying to be real, real quiet either. And I'm going to go in, and I'm going to do what i got to do, and I'm going to walk out. If I see a deer, I don't even acknowledge it. I just keep on walking out. And after a while, it's amazing how those deer will start to acknowledge you. Now, on your big deer, on your big bucks, okay, or your older doe. There's no way you can get into those woods and get out of those woods without those deer knowing it. I don't care how clean you are. I don't care how clean you try to be. You are leaving human odor. And I and I can remember years ago, um, back when I was a really, I, I was a big buck hunter back in the 80s and, and early 90s, you know, and, and uh, scent was at the top priority you know those before the uh the the scent shields and all that other stuff you know the, the the charcoal clothes and all that but everything the scent was scent contamination was number one priority do not contaminate the ground do not contaminate uh your trail going in do not contaminate your stand the whole you never hunted a stand more than once a week the whole kit and caboodle yet I was amazed at I could go duck hunting in chest waders, big old heavy coat, 15 degrees outside, ice everywhere, go duck hunting with my dog. My dog would get lost from me out in these big old godforsaken South Jersey swamps, meadows. And if you, if you never smelled our South Jersey meadow mud, you need to. And I would see that dog from 100 yards out trailing me on the exact path that I was walking, and find me in chest waders, heavy coat, freezing cold. Why? Because I'm leaving a little bit of human odor. Okay, so there's no way we can get into a woods and out of the woods without those deer knowing we was there. The key is, if we're going in and out, we don't want those deer thinking of us as a negative. They want to, they, we want to be a neutral We'll never be a positive, but we want to be a neutral. So as we're going into these spots, that's another reason why I'm a firm believer in dragging scent, because if you have a good quality scent, whoever scent it is, it could be Code Blue, it could be uh, Black Widow, it could be um, any one of these scents out there, okay? By putting that thing on a leather drag or putting that thing on a tampon or putting that thing on on these uh, felt, Uh, scent wicks, okay, and you're putting that scent on there, and you drag that in behind you, what you're actually doing is you're making a smell stronger than yours, which can cause an illusion to the deer, meaning the deer may think that you was there, but you're not there now, even though you're sitting in that tree waiting for it, okay? Now, if a deer is on high alert, you're not getting any human odor past them. I don't care what. If the deer was just shot at, six-day firearms are a perfect example of that. For the first two hours on Monday morning, you can get away with a whole bunch. By 12 o'clock Monday afternoon, nothing works. Deer are skittish. Deer are spooked. Deer are scared. They, unless you're on private property, 10,000 acres where nobody else is getting into, the deer are, not, are, are just on high alert, and any human odor, any, 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 any human odor, they're not going to tolerate. You go beginning of September... It's amazing how much human over they'll tolerate. Right now in the rut, uh, the bucks don't even care. They're just stupid sometimes. But, again, if you're dirty, they're going to they're gonna catch up on you. Well, um, I want to – I guess that's about all I have tonight. Again, I apologize. I wish there was more people listening. I wish there was more people to uh, join in. It makes the show a lot easier. If, uh, if if somebody wants to uh, have another show with the Mock Scrapes and, and where we can interact, it would be a great show. But we're coming up on that hour uh, time frame right now, and I want to thank you for showing up on the uh, the Rednecks Pride Outdoors uh, where we're talking about Mock Scrapes. We just did a quick little overview. I apologize for not getting deeper into it. But if you'd like to sit down and talk deeper about Mock Scrapes, just give me a call, 856-863-4168. And we can get right into the nitty gritty of it and go into a more in uh, depth talk. Again, I want to thank God for His creation and allowing us to hunt, trap, and fish in His creation. And good night. plus.